the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. And welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today uh, with a very special guest who's really going to give us some great insight from a different perspective than I think we're used to hearing. And and I'm so excited to have him on the show, uh, Doug Phillips, who is the co-founder of Freedom U Sexual Wellness Institute. Um, And just to give you a little bit of color about Doug, Doug's been a clinical director for several years, uh, heading up several um, behavioral health counseling agencies. And he's developed a, a comprehensive residential and out, out treatment adolescent and adult program for those who are struggling with sexual compulsive disorders. Welcome to the show, Doug. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning. Well, hey, I, I want to start off by saying, uh, you know, just asking a couple of questions. So I see here you've been doing this work for the past 30 years, and you're the co-founder of Freedom U, uh, and, and part of that is a is a, a curriculum that you've, you've designed that will help people who are um, struggling, again, with sexual compulsive disorders. And so I, I want to just kind of go back, and it looks like you've been doing this for a long while, and... And, and and I guess I'm wondering, how did you get started? Well, you know, at the very beginning of my career, I started working with adolescents in residential treatment facilities. And uh, as I was there, I was just really getting my feet wet with, like, what are the problems that people are facing? And what I found is that many of the clients I was working with, uh, they had either been impacted by inappropriate wrong-way sex or they had got caught up in it themselves and they, had, they were actually beginning to perpetrate inappropriate sexual behaviors. So I was introduced to the issue kind of upfront and personal with the clients that I was working with, and this would be back in the 70s. So it kind of began like that. Gotcha. And, and you are an LCSW um, in California, and so you've, you know, you've got the credentials to do this work. Uh, was that also part of, sort of, uh, part of your journey in pursuing the LCSW as well? You know, I... I just realized that if I was going to be impactful in my society, that I needed to get the proper training and licensing uh, to do the best work that I could. So I set on a course of um, 
doing clinical social work. I like social work because it's holistic and well-rounded as compared to just pure, say, pure psychology or marriage and family. So I went that route as far as a clinical direction, and it served me well. Uh, I'd have to say that, you know, most clinicians, they don't start out doing work with people with addictions like this. They might start out doing work, say, with drug and alcohol addictions, which I, I did plenty of work with that. But a lot of our work is people that have been victimized. Mm. You know, often it's someone who's been touched or hurt by sexual abuse or inappropriate sex. And that was certainly true for me. And, uh, and then from there, I got to tell you, I just had a, an epiphany one day and realized that I could be more effective with my life energy if I, in a preventive way, if I just stopped people from hurting other people. It was, it was much cleaner and easier on people rather than having, having to be hurt in the first place and then therapists trying to help them get well. Yes, so good prevention. That's a and you know we talk a lot about prevention. Uh, we as you as I shared with you um, when we met earlier, uh, you know, love never fails is part of a collaborative called Protect. Uh, that is uh, a collaborative that we've jointly pr- uh, developed with Three Strands Global and Frederick Douglass Family Initiative, and we go into the schools and we do prevention education in the schools. But you know, one of the things that comes up quite a bit is as we were doing that, that prevention education, people disclose that, uh, they've been abused. Right. And, and what, what I think is so important is not that we just educate people on the tactics that will be used to bring them into human trafficking, but that we respond appropriately, right, to when someone has been abused or when someone is starting to demonstrate behaviors that uh, left unchecked will manifest into full-blown um, you know, uh, destructive behaviors for themselves and for the community at large. Any thoughts on that? Well, it's, it's so true what you're saying, Vanessa. And, and community outreach, that helps identify people that are either at risk uh, to being trafficked or who have already experienced, whether it's trafficking or if they've experienced uh, more local community sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, any outreach programs like this are so valuable in helping the people that are wounded and need help, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, you know, just kind of building on this a little bit, the DePaul School of Law, I don't know if you've seen their study, but they they did a study, I want to say it was in 2010, and they, uh, it's called From Victims to Victimizers, and they interviewed 25 ex-pimps in Chicago, and um, what they found was some very um, interesting data points. One of them that I always state when I'm out speaking is that 88% of those those that had been abused as children, um, um, 88% of the exploiters had been abused as children, um, either by way of domestic, observing domestic violence or been sexually, physically abused. And so there's this correlation between becoming an exploiter, right, which in this, this, uh, this report, they call it pimping. We don't, we try to stay away from that, that terminology just because it's so glorified in our culture, but they become an exploiter, um, and oftentimes out of their own victimization. Um, and, and I think there's a cross-section between that, those statistics, and what, the, you know, the community that you serve. Well, you're absolutely correct. I, I have to speak from firsthand experience that it's quite common that uh, victims uh, transition into victimizers. Uh, much, much of my work with people that have had crossed the line and have become victimizers or, or offenders um, – I mean, 88%, that sounds pretty pretty close. I was going to say 9 out of 10. I've experienced some rather significant uh, sexual abuse in their earlier years. 
So that now that doesn't mean that everyone who's sexually abused is going to become a victimizer. But it but what it does say, if we can reduce sexual abuse as it occurs, we're also going to cut back on the number of people that do victimize. So yeah, it's good intervention. Absolutely. So when we treat victims, it's great intervention because that's that many fewer people that will ultimately become victimizers. That's right. Yeah, here's some of the stats, that, uh, that specific stats. I just pulled up the chart. It says household characteristics. 88% of the exploiters had experienced physical abuse. 76 sexual. Um, uh, 88% had witnessed domestic violence in the home. 84% had witnessed or been a part of drug and alcohol abuse in the home. 84% had regularly used alcohol as a child. Um, 24 were committed to foster care, 24%. And 48% ran away from the home due to sexual abuse in the home or physical abuse. So, you know, there's there's this sort of um, knitting together of these of these characteristics that tell the story of somebody who's in a very difficult situation. Now, let me make sure I'm clear. Um, uh, you know, obviously it doesn't excuse the behavior. You know, once you, once you are an adult and you perpetrate these, these types of behaviors, you know, you're, you're held accountable, but in trying to be, like you said, holistic, right. And looking at this, we've got to begin to do some root cause analysis and say, how can we get ahead of this? How can we get ahead of it? So, well, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, I look at it this way. I, you know, I, people that you know drive and while they're drunk, it's like you know, it's just against the law and it's dangerous, and it requires you know personal responsibility. The same is true if you have a sexual compulsion or a sexual addiction. It doesn't matter if you ha- if you can't hardly control yourself. You're responsible for your actions, and it's illegal. Yes. And it has to be dealt with. So. You know, when you look at like, fine, what are we going to do? And someone, you know, is, you know, they, they're caught in a, you know, a soliciting prostitution, or perhaps, you know, they're actually committing offenses. You know, that person may, you know, definitely needs, you know, to be checked by society. That might look like a fine. It might look like uh, incarceration. But I have to tell you, sometimes there's a line where incarceration plus treatment is the best way to go, and other times incarceration isn't required if the treatment methods are intense and comprehensive and really wraps that person up well enough it can be an alternative to incarceration. And that's that's kind of a, a decision that uh, typically county district attorneys make uh, in their uh, network working with uh, sex offending therapists and whatnot. I'm used to doing that. And that, so there's a place uh, where you know people need a, a type of justice that's restorative that helps them get well. Otherwise, they're just trapped in a cycle where they really can't stop themselves without the therapy. Yeah. Okay, so when we come back, and, and and just for the listening audience, we're really talking about people who have raped, people who are um, addicted to pornography, people who are, um, you know, uh, have are committing sexual crimes, um, people who are buyers, um, any of those types of behaviors are, are the folks that uh, Doug is treating. And we're going to learn today about how um, th- he's providing care to people who are struggling with these types of compulsions. And um, and I will say as a survivor of sexual um, uh, trauma, 
uh, it's this is a difficult topic for um, sometimes to stay on the side of really thinking about what what the perpetrator needs. But I think it's par- it's part of the healing process that we all need to undergo to understand what is happening here systematically and how can we holistically heal uh, as a as a community and get on to a, a better um, better situation, a better place. So we're going to come back um, and we're going to um, uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and kind of explore this a little bit further. I do want to encourage you if you want to reach out by by way of phone or um, maybe online, you can do that by calling me at 844-249-2698. You can also email me at Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. And you can also like our Facebook page, which is Love Never Fails Radio. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Doug Phillips, LCSW, and co-founder of Freedom U Sexual Wellness Institute. Uh, Freedom U Sexual Wellness Institute has uh, has developed a curriculum that helps uh, those who are struggling with sexually compulsive disorders. What exactly does that mean, Doug? What is a sexually compulsive disorder? Yep. Well, you know, some people simply call this uh, sex addiction. Uh, it's been known as hypersexuality, nymphomania, erotomania, uh, Don Juanism. I mean, lots of terms we've used in society to describe, describe a person who's experiencing a lack of control and restraint over their sexual thoughts and behaviors. Now, do you, you know, there, there are, um, and by the way, you know, I think I've shared this with you, uh, Love Never Fails is a faith-based organization, and so we um, we incorporate spirituality and our faith, you know, our belief in Jesus in, um, in a lot of our, you know, discussions about um, how to uh, resolve uh, some of these issues and what exactly is going on with a person who 
is, um, you know, thinking about these things, right? Um, and we think about it from a spiritual standpoint, you know, are they under some sort of uh, spiritual possession? Um, are they under some kind of, um, uh, are they being inf- uh, influenced uh, to, you know, look at certain things and unable to resist um, because they don't have, uh, a, you know, a faith to hold on to. I know that Freedom U is not a faith-based organization, but um, are there any components in your program that incorporate prayer or um, equip uh, the folks that are involved in um, in uh, understanding the spiritual aspect of what they're experiencing? You know, to answer that, I, I think I would describe Freedom U as a faith-informed type of a treatment model. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, much like AA is a a spiritual model, uh, what we've come to recognize is that when a person has some type of a connection uh, with the deity that's that's bigger than them, that it's going to help them as as far as controlling their impulses and experiencing hope. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's some type of dynamic, there's some type of power that we've seen over and over again, whether it's in alcohol and drug treatment or if you're dealing with uh, sex addiction and compulsive behavior, that some type of an act of faith mm-hmm. seems to be quite helpful in curbing the behavior. Now, I have to say this. Uh, lots of people of faith, Jew, Christian, Muslim, uh, they struggle with sex addiction. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, having faith isn't a panacea that's going to guarantee or gonna make sure that you're not going to suffer this problem. But what I do know is this, that when people apply their faith actively, you know, in their, in their getting well, that it's, it's quite a benefit and an asset to that. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you find I? I've been doing quite a bit of research. Um, actually, there was an um, there was a uh, study that was done uh, where spirit spirituality was evaluated as an evidence based practice in, in 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 terms of incorporating it in programs, and it found the conclusion. And 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 by the way, it was done by a you know. Um, a, a non-biased, I want to say, um, organization that um, is not a faith-based organization. From what I understand, I'm um, I'm doing some more research on it, but it looks to see looks like the people who had incorporated spirit spirituality in their program had um, experienced much higher levels of success as a result. And um, and so, you know, I'm always looking for ways to sort of justify um, for those that are not, you know, part of the faith community, um, the 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 value of what we do and um, some of the direction that we take in incorporating um, time for prayer and, um, you know, things of that nature. So I was just curious if that if that plays a role in in your approach. It sounds like it does to some degree. Oh, absolutely. And I have to say that the literature uh, is, is is really rather clear that faith, religion, uh, corporate worship, prayer, all has a significant impact on wellness, whether it's uh, for physical healing or if it's a, or emotional, psychological problems like this. It's like it's pretty much proven. I mean, it's kind of difficult to, uh, you might have a personal aversion against um, spirituality, in which case it's kind of hard to accept the facts. But the facts are that spirituality is helpful in every phase of life, whether it's maintaining a healthy marriage, body, or, you know, your, your personal behaviors. It's, it's a win. And so we absolutely incorporate that in the work we do. And so, uh, so just, I was looking at the testimonies on your website, and it looks like it's predominantly men um, that were listed there, had given, uh, you know, used their first name, and uh, that's why I said men, and uh, and had given a testimony about how the, uh, staying in program has really helped them. Is is the um, majority of your clients are they are they men? 
Uh, I, well, let me qualify that by saying this. Like most of the men that we serve have significant other spouses, family members that are female. Yes. And so, and so since we treat the whole family, okay. our clients include females, but often we find that the, uh, the person with the addiction or compulsion tends to be male. But they all tend to have, you know, parents, spouses, or children uh, that, are, that are female. So our services include the whole family. Uh, otherwise, it, it, you get trapped in the cycle. There's a family dynamic that keeps people trapped in the addictions. It's like people both, the family has to get well together, basically. And, there's, and a person who's trapped in addiction usually makes so many withdrawals uh, from their spouse and from their kids that there's a lot of healing and mending that has to be done if that family is going to, be, is going to remain intact. But let me say this also. Uh, an easy 20% of people that are struggling with sexually compulsive behaviors, addictions, are female. Yeah. Uh, usually the gateway tends to be internet porn. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the, the gateway to it, although you, you, can't, you can't deny the, the reality, of, especially when we're looking at victim-to-victimizers, or if I look at it in another way, what we call ACEs or adverse childhood experiences, it sets people up you know, to get involved in wrong-way sex. And the interesting thing, let me just, just a side note, when we're talking about uh, females, women that become addicted to sex, uh, much more so than men, they're likely to act it out. In other words, they go beyond a porn and masturbation. They begin involved in, in uh, sexual encounters that are random, possibly dangerous, you know, and or exploitive to other people. So uh, if I wasn't a woman, if I was a woman, I wouldn't consider myself safe yes. you know, from having to deal with this in the future because, um, you know, just a certain amount of people that, you know, they, I'll call, you know, when you play with fire, sometimes you get burned. Right. If you're engaged in Internet porn and you're female, you're, you, you actually could get burned worse than a guy. So mm. it's nothing to play around with. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and the Internet has really uh, created a, a, a ton of access for just about anybody. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how much access there is, right, um, in terms of Internet um, uh, Internet users and um, and really how real is this issue of Internet porn? We're going to come right back. If you'd like to get in touch with uh, with us, you know, we'd like to hear from you. Is this uh, is this interesting to you? Do you want to hear more programming along these lines? What makes a buyer? What makes someone who has a sexual compulsive disorder um, the way that they are and what might help them? Um, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call at 844 249 Two six nine eight, and you can like our Facebook page, which is Love Never Fails Radio. You can also find out more about our program at loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. 
Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We're in the studio today with Doug Phillips, the co-founder of Freedom View. uh, And we are talking about sexual compulsive disorders and the treatment that Freedom View provides to them uh, nationally, um, uh, those that are are impacted with those disorders. And and I, I wanted to just touch on just bridging over from the last segment. We were talking about how 20% of your clients are female or that those that have sexual compulsive disorders are female and men, many of the, many of them are becoming ensnared by way of uh, internet porn and and just thinking a little bit about well, what are we talking about here um, some stats on internet porn 12% of uh, websites on the internet are pornographic 12% that's 24 million internet porn sites uh, every second Three billion, uh, three million dollars being spent on pornography every second. Three million, uh, forty million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. One in three porn viewers are women. Um, and then it goes on. There's a, some a, 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 another couple of stats which are interesting in terms of search uh, searching. Um, uh, you know, when you look at the topics that people are searching on, whether it's sex or adult dating or porn, they're sort of all interrelated. And um, and what leads oftentimes someone to an Internet porn site. And one of the things that is most alarming for me um, as I address the issue of human trafficking is uh, a huge percentage. Um, and I actually don't have the actual number, but. Um, many, I'll just say, since I don't have the actual number, many of those that are in the porn are survivors or are victims of human trafficking, meaning they were forced, they were coerced, or they were frauded into becoming um, a participant in pornography. And so while, you know, there's a lot of studies out there that say that porn actually rewires the brain and um, there's a lot of negative health issues that, you know, that uh, ensue as a result of of, of watching porn. The, uh, I've heard, you know, arguments against that. But one thing that people um, have not argued about is that many of those that are in the porns um, are there because they were forced, they were frauded or they were coerced to be there. And um, and so, um, you know, really watching the porn is um, creating demand for this industry um, that is enslaving people and that, that, you know, just knowing that I think there's, uh, if I were, you know, somebody who was participating in that, I would feel a lot of condemnation. Um, And that's not why I'm sharing it to condemn, um, you know, but I, I, I want it. I want people to know, be aware that it's not, um, it's not the easy, you know, fun thing that um, someone might pretend that it is. Oh, no, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just, you know, satisfying myself. What's the big deal? Do you ever get that line in your in your um, when you're counseling people? Well, certainly, you know, people that are ensnared in a problem like this tend to 
tend to minimize or be in denial of the real issues that they're dealing with. So, of course, uh, people don't really want to face up to the issues that they're having. But, uh, let me just, I just something I just have to say about the porn issue, if I may have an mm-hmm, Sure. Uh, uh, I, I spent some time, I mean, um, nearly a decade out of country doing work in, in Mexico that often related to either addictions and or uh, this the sex slave trade to de- dealing with people that are impacted that way. Did residential care that helped a lot of people that were struggling that have been uh, basically have been trafficked. And when I came back to the states, it, what really shocked me was one thing: just how connected to social media and or the internet that people were compared to say a, a decade before. Mm-hmm. And and the absolute, I mean the, I mean the multiplied by ten the factors that lead to sex addiction, which primarily is access to porn, and then easy hookups, easy connections, uh, sex chat rooms, et cetera. I mean, it, it just like puts gasoline on a fire. Yes. And so, it, and honestly, that had a lot to do with why I chose to uh, develop Freedom U, because I saw that as a society, not just our society, but you know, all Internet users around the world. It's like we are going to have a terrible epidemic of compulsive sexual problems, and then everything that goes along with that, which definitely includes trafficking and exploited people, we're going to have a a terrific, horrible issue in our society if we don't get a handle on it. And as I looked at it, I go, you know what? Uh, You know, proximity is also always an issue in treatment. Uh, In other words, I I can run a, I can have a treatment program. I can, I can have a residential program. I can have a group of therapists in a city. But this, the scope of what the work can be done is just pretty much limited just by proximity to getting to, to treatment. But here's something that I learned overseas, is that a lot of treatment can be done uh, over the Internet, like telemedicine oh, is done yes. over the Internet. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of psychotherapy can be done over the Internet. And then I just looked, I said, okay, fine, I'm used to running comprehensive treatment programs, you know, whether it's residential or not, but it involves, you know, daily check-ins. You know, is, is it weekly groups, twice weekly groups, weekly therapy, twice weekly therapy, family therapy, spousal work. I mean, intense, comprehensive work, but it can be done over the Internet just as well as it can be done in person. With this added advantage, you don't have to be in the same city to do the work. Right. So that's, you know, essentially I have to say uh, the Internet, which has spawned a porn, you know, a porn epidemic, has a whole lot to do with why I decided that uh, creating Freedom U was the right course for my life. Awesome. Well, I'm so grateful you did. Tell me a little bit, just uh, open that up a little bit for us. So uh, someone who's struggling with a sex addiction, um, which doesn't, not necessarily just internet porn, right? So we didn't kind of dig into all the all the types of compulsions that you, you address, right? So I'd love the listening audience to hear that. And then you're able to treat those things either online uh, through some sort of distance platform or um, or in person. Is that right? That's true. Okay. And what, yes. what are those compulsions? What what's kind of the list? We know internet porn is one of the categories. Are there other others? What, um, sure. I'd have to say that you know, internet porn is, if we wanted to use the analogy as a the gateway drug, it is a gateway drug. Uh, it is the force multiplier. But I'd have to say this. We live in a very sexualized society. Uh, we live in a society where, where young people are celebrated for sexual exploits, especially the males. Uh, th- th- that creates a dynamic and a, a social expectation of, of not just inequality sexual behaviors, but act, but simply you know just running running some numbers like it's some type of a ball game. So that's that's been common in our society for quite a while. Look at what we're dealing with with the Me Too movement, with the Harry, Harvey Weinstein's. 
I mean, we're, we're coming to grips with this, but we're also recognizing how big the problem is. But here's something that people don't know about sex addiction. Um, you know, it often starts, you know, just with linking pornography with masturbation and, and then the, the, the physiological effect that the dopamine release from orgasm creates, which essentially drives the biochemical side to the addiction. But what happens to people when they become addicted is like, um, while a lot of them just kind of like they maintain uh, the behavior as just porn and masturbation, but often it crosses over to where they start engaging in, in dangerous sexual activities. Uh, this, uh, this definitely includes prostitution and commercial sex, but can also look at simple uh, hookups, one-night stands, uh, and then being in, in places like strip clubs and whatnot that can be difficult. But this person's life be, ultimately becomes controlled by their sexuality, by their hypersexuality. I mean, they, they really can't stop thinking about it, planning it, and then executing sexual activities. And as, as such, it becomes very destructive to them personally, to their, own, to their own psyche, but also puts their job at risk, and it absolutely is destructive for their family. And so that's one of the huge problems that we see with sex addiction is that families are destroyed through this. Your career can be destroyed. You can go to, you can go to jail if your compulsions involve law violations, but it's almost a guarantee that there's a huge loss to the family, to the spouse, and to the children of a person who becomes ensnared in a sex addiction. And so... Tell me, so, well, uh, we're going to take a break, um, but when we come back, I want to, I want to understand how does it go from, you know, internet porn and possibly masturbation to, um, to a acting out and, you know, uh, uh, there, it's very common now, actually in colleges, there's a lot of discussion going on as we go and we, we, we speak to people. I was meet, talking with a, a leader from Las Positas College, and she was sharing with me um, several of the apps that now the kids are using for because they want to have, um, you know, a, a hookup. They want to, you know, so there's these hookup apps that people can uh, go on. And it's sort of like known that I just want to have sex and that's all it is. And um, and, you know, so going from this place where it's more fantasy into that kind of act. And then, and then, and as you said, it doesn't stop there. It progresses into taking over your whole life, right? Where that's all you can think about and all you can hope for. Tell me where it becomes a destructive, you know, how does a crossover happen? And, um, and then what, you know, what kinds of things are going on in, in the mind of the person that, um, you know, causes them to um, just continue with those behaviors and increase them even further. We'll, we'll come right back to hear from Doug on that. And um, again, if you want to, uh, we want to hear from you. If you want to uh, reach out to us, please do. 844-249-2698. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Doug Phillips, and he is the co-founder of Freedom U, uh, an institute that deals with the uh, sexual compulsions that people throughout our nation are experiencing. They provide services uh, online and in person to address uh, sexually compulsive disorders. Uh, And we're dealing with the issue of Internet porn and kind of talking about the progression from Internet porn to self-gratification and then moving into um, acting out with another person and or uh, becoming exploited um, and 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 potentially, you know, uh, by selection. uh, I think that could happen. Um, And then and then it becomes even uh, a, a piece of, uh, or a point of slavery um, after meeting maybe somebody in in the process that um, that de- decides that they're going to make you their property. Um, I've seen that happen many times where girls said, "Oh, I just you know I just was hooking up with these different guys," and someone approached me and said, "You might as well make some money at this. You know, you're already giving it away for free," and that was a, a tactic that was used to um, ensnare them in. A uh, situation that they had no idea would involve beatings and rapings and a uh, variety of other unwanted um, outcomes. So, um, you know, the, the 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 connection for me is kind of you know very clear uh, from a human trafficking standpoint. But thinking about the psychology of the person who starts off with uh, internet porn and then incorporates self gratification, how do they, you know, they, they, how do they cross over to the acting out part? And then what causes them to continue in the behavior, Doug, um, even though it's destroying their life? Uh, well, some of these questions are easy to answer and some are more difficult. So I'll, I'm going to start with the easy ones, okay? Okay. Uh, you know, it's, uh, if you're familiar with the, you know, with addictions in general, you know, that some of the hallmarks of addiction include uh, tolerance and withdrawal. Uh, For example, in alcohol or in drug addiction, opioid addiction, uh, you become tolerant that the dosage that's required to to maintain the same level, the same buzz, the same euphoria, it grows over time as your body adjusts to uh, basically the interventions that you're doing, the drugs that you're taking. So it becomes basically you need more and more to get the same high. And something is is similar to that when it comes to sex addiction. Uh, The dopamine uh, rush that you get at orgasm you know, basically, if you're looking at the same old uh, boring pornography, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you juice it up with something that's more perverse, then uh, your organs become more intense. Mm. So then you find you find someone who's starting out with what you know, you know, when I was a kid would be a Playboy magazine. All of a sudden, now you're looking at every bestiality and child sex and just all kinds of crazy stuff to, to maintain the same high that they're experiencing uh, when they initially began this process. 
And, and then there's a point where you, there's a crossover begins where you move beyond the Internet and you start looking at things that create the, uh, the intense high, the experience, uh, which, and that's where we start looking at uh, casual hookups and, and, and in a similar way, uh, soliciting prostitution. Because there's definitely an excitement that goes with both of those. And so that becomes part of the addictive process. Um, let me just, just shift over to biochemically. Uh, your body basically has lots of, you know, you have several reward centers in the brain. And lots of things we are. I mean, sugar rewards that, alcohol rewards that, uh, orgasms reward that. I mean, I have to say, you know, looking at some, at some the Grand Canyon is a, re, you know, basically, you know, excites the reward centers. What happens in this situation, though, is where, and this is where we get, there's a bit of a mystery. We don't know if it's simply by repetition or why, but people basically choose a primary way. Uh, and then a compulsive solitary way that they look for that mood elevation, for that dopamine high that becomes a hallmark of addiction. Can't really say why exactly it happens, but we know we do know that it does. And in the middle of that, it starts to hardwire the brain, so that is the way that they make themselves feel better about themselves. And so the downside is that the, the more you do this, the worse you feel about this, yourself. The more you're dealing with shame and depression and lack of connection from people, obsessive issues, you know, guilt, anger. But the more you have negative emotions, you, you have a go-to way of managing it, which is mm. a sexual experience. So it drives the thing. That's so interesting. The consequences drives more and more. And so, you know, and ultimately, and, you know, you know, my program is, is really designed for people that, are, that have addictions that's the damage that they're doing is primarily to themselves or their family. However, because I've done lots of work with the sex offending population and, all, and, and just the intense treatment models and, and just the wrap-up that's required, whether it's residential or, or through community-based models, there's purely an overlap. And often what we see is that the people that are the most compulsive users, for example, the most compulsive frequent users of, of commercial sex are absolutely addicts. And likewise, people that are involved in, you know, in, in rape and, and uh, pedophilia, uh, voyeurism, you know, most of them are addicts. Now, I'm not trying to say that everyone who uh, uses commercial sex is an addict. That wouldn't be true. But the, high, the, most, the highest frequency ones absolutely are. Wow. Well, I just learned something new. Um, and that just gives me a whole new perspective on the just the the I'll just net it out in layman's terms, but the hardwiring of the pleasure center towards some uh, destructive behavior, which then creates a cycle because after you do the destructive behavior, you feel bad, which then sends you back to wanting that pleasure again, which is destructive and sends you, you know, and, 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 and the cycle continues. Did I get that right? Okay. And so I think about like, I have a a love hate relationship with food and, um, you know, people kind of laugh about it because I'm not obese, but still it's, it, it, it can be tormenting when I think about wanting to eat something, I eat it. I feel depressed and sad that I, I broke what I said was going to be my eating regimen, right. And the way that I want to live, I feel depressed and sad about that. And then it causes me to want to eat more to comfort myself because of what I just oh, did, <laughs> right? Oh, you're so. Oh, it's so true. Uh, you know, often people that just you know have judgments and, and directed at people say you have a, a problem with um, uh, with the drug addiction. You know, they, what they really don't like to think about is their own coffee addiction or their own sugar addiction. 
Uh, you know, it's, it, but it, the upside of recognizing that some of our behaviors, I mean, look at this, this is how we manage food, is like we, there's a loss of control that's going on there, and there's something driving that loss of control that we really have to contend with. It's like, you know, it's like I think not, you know, not just people who are, who are suffering from sex addiction, but many of us have compulsive behaviors where we're not, we don't have good self-management around what's really best for us, what's best for our own personal wellness and well-being. Now I'm going to ask the question, and um, and and we're going to go to break in a second. But it, briefly, you know, for there's many people. I mean, when I think about someone molesting a child, right? When I think about someone harming another, raping someone because of these sexual compulsions, I start to become a, a little less empathetic. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not going to. Um, uh, I'm not going to say that, uh, sit here and say that I'm, you know, I'm, uh, full of compassion in that situation. Although I want to be, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to let the Lord work on me in that space. But, um, um, what, 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 you know, when we come back, I want to hear from you. What would you say is the reason why some can say that's wrong? I might have a compulsion to do it, but I never would while others um, can't and actually act on that. And so when we come back, we're going to hear from Doug. I want to hear you. Right when we come back, I want to hear what you have to say. It's the cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, We'll come right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We're in the studio today uh, with uh, Doug Phillips, who is the co-founder of Freedom U, an institute that is looking after those that is supporting and and counseling those uh, that are struggling with sexual compulsion disorders and the like. And so, uh, Doug, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, As before we went on the break, uh, you and you were going to give us the answer to the question, which is why do some have, you know, these fantasies and decide not to act on them and, and, and perpetrate rape or, you know, child abuse uh, and, and others decide to actually act on it. Why, why does that happen? Well, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into why do people do bad things? And I think this is part of that broader conversation is why do some people violate uh, social 
uh, mores. I mean, why, do, why are still law violators? And I, I think there's multiple, multiple, there's several reasons why. Uh, I think with, with younger people, uh, their impulsivity is, uh, is, is kind of highlighted. If you look at, uh, look at criminal justice, you'll see that most violent crimes especially are tend to be done by younger people that their, their myelin sheath isn't really complete yet in their, in their mind and they're neurologically and they're more prone to impulsivity. Uh, in a broader sense, what you want to look at is like most people that have sexually compulsive behavior never violate the law and don't you know, directly uh, create victims. But there's a, a certain percentage that does. But here's what we see that's in common with those that do. Often the people that cross the line experienced similar behaviors. In other words, they were either victimized, they were, they were traumatized, they were physically uh, or sexually abused. That's quite common. Uh, what we call ACEs or uh, adverse childhood experiences. The, the higher the ACEs level, in other words, the more dysfunctional or traumatic that early life was, the more likely that person is to act out. Uh, we talked about the issue of, of moving from victim to victimizer. Uh, you know, in the process of that, we have this thing called the victim triangle, and in the victim triangle is a basic drama that you can imagine in, in lots of movies and, and books where you have a victim, you have uh, a perpetrator, a villain, and then you have a hero. You know, the hero fights the villain to save the victim. You know, that kind of a process? Yep. Well, that, that plays out because often life is really like a like story, and we all tell story, we make story. Our life is some type of story. A lot of times we haven't chosen a very good story for our life to become. Mm-hmm. But here's a common thing. A person who's, who's been in the victim role, at some point, you know, this is just from doing lots of work with clients, at some point they're going, I don't want to be in the victim role anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm not really interested in, a hero, in being a hero, but what I know the most about is being, you know, the villain or the victimizer, because I experience that so often. As, mm, as so they switch over. Wow. And, and there's a lot more. I mean, it's like, would I rather be anxious and scared or feel powerful and strong? Well, I pick powerful and strong. Wow. My goodness. So I, I, can, I can get security needs met. I can get, you know, in, in some respect, some type of self-esteem, because like, you know, Who's the big guy in the stories? Well, the victims never are, you know, the big guys. It's the heroes and the villains that are the big guys in the story. So it can be wow. almost like it's some strange esteem-boosting thing to take on that role as opposed to the other. So the process is, is, is built into uh, our psychology of that we live out storylines. So that's, that's a dynamic that goes on. And beyond that, it's just like some family systems, DNA, impulse controls, weaker, weaker with some than others. And in the middle of that, often people really don't have a deeply developed sense of morality. Mm-hmm. And I could, I, could, I could talk about that because I've done so much treatment around moral development and, and moral development groups and whatnot where you move people along to where you move from, well, just don't get caught. Mm. I mean, that's, just, that's their level of morality to someone, on the other hand, who's operating from some very high uh, universal laws of, of love and respect for other people. So I, uh, just to answer your question, there's a, there's a number of reasons why people cross that line, uh, but usually it's around impulse control, it's around early child, childhood experiences and, and modeling, uh, and then after that it would have to be what I just said about uh, about that triangle, that storytelling piece. The people, I mean, I can't tell you how many clients I've just I've talked to over the years. It's like, yeah, I just got tired of being in that spot. I, I wanted to have this a better spot. Yeah, and 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 we're we're almost out of time. We've got to have you back on, Doug. This is so good. Uh, we've got a. 
um, this this we've got you know we're, we're really we're we're dealing with the issue of demand, but we're looking beyond the labels and we're looking at the the people behind the labels behind the the act and saying what is going on here. And so this is this is great. I I just so appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I want to encourage those of you um, who want to learn more from Doug and Freedom U. Um, go to his website and that's freedomu.net. FreedomU.net. All right. Um, other uh, events that are going on in the community. If you want to be a mentor for positive change, reach out to mentors at loveneverfailsus.com. We started a training today in San Francisco and uh, call uh, or email Misty for more information. We're also doing street outreach tonight. You can meet at Faith Fellowship Church at 7 p.m. Uh, after checking in with Angela and that you do that by emailing streets at love never com. community prayer is on the 1st of uh, April 6 p.m. Uh, in your city. Pray with us in unison wherever you are. Uh, if you want more information, reach out to prayer at loveneverfailsus.com. And other events are on our website at loveneverfailsus.com. We do uh, just so appreciate your support. If you can make a donation to us, we are a listener-supported organization uh, and show. And so you can do that at loveneverfailsus.com as well. We, we so appreciate all of your prayers and all of your um, support. And uh, we also want to end the show letting you know, if you haven't heard it before, that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.